Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're back, baby. <laughs> they thought we were gone forever, but we're back. We're back. Without COVID. Without COVID. I don't have COVID. That's good. I don't know. Does that make it more suspicious? I just led with, I don't have COVID. Yeah, you shouldn't have to tell people that. But okay. It's been a crazy year. Welcome to I Only Like You in Movies. This is our very first recording remotely. How crazy is that? We're not in the same room like we normally are. I'm coming to you live from the International Space Station. <laughs> So if you, that's why Sine hasn't been on the pod much this year. She's been in space. I've been in space. Um, it's been quite a journey. Um, turns out it was a one-way ticket, so I'm not oh. going to be able to come back. But, you know, space but is cool. You're better off up there, aren't you, rather than being down here with the rest of us? I mean, maybe I've just, you know, been a bit proactive <laughs> getting off the earth before uh, it explodes. No, actually, Sine has left Brisbane. She's gone down to Melbourne for study this year. And And what better year to move down? (laughs) Am I right, ladies and gents? 2020. Um, I've gone back to a bit of study as well. We haven't had time to do the pod, but now we're back. I've missed the pod. I've missed our five listeners. Yeah, and they've missed it too. They've told me. (laughs) Have all of the five people told you, have they? Well, most of them are our friends, and (laughs) so it has come up. If this is the first time you listen to the show, it's it's with me, Lonnie. I'm a, a writer and... And filmmaker and want to do that a bit more professionally in the future we've done this pod over the last um, couple of years and we've really enjoyed doing it um i'm here with sine tell us a bit about yourself sine um hi it me um <laughs> i like sweet treats you do um i like christmas mm-hmm. um i'm doing a writing degree mm. And, 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 you're, and you're top of the class, I hear, so... In one subject. Top of the whole university is what I've That's heard. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. <laughs> you actually did a little movie review project during oh, lockdown. I, did, yeah, I should so... have with that because that's much more relevant than the fact that I like sweets or Christmas. <laughs> yes. um, I did a project because Melbourne's been in two lockdowns now and for lockdown 2.0 as a way to make me feel sane, I watched a movie every night for about six weeks, which was fun. And one in particular... This is the hook, Ceylon. Like, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll get this and then they'll be like, oh, intrigued and want to listen. Yeah. Um, one in particular that Lonnie and I have very different feelings on. <laughs> That's right. We'll, and we might have a, have an argument on the pod in front of <laughs> our listeners. That's right. So that's something we, we do here on the pod is normally pretty much we're on the same page when it comes to, to movies. But every now and then there is something that we disagree on. And that's where the real fireworks occur, I think. Um, so I have set this up, at least on my end, I've done a bit of, bit of um, pre-research, or well, not research, I guess, just some notes I've taken. Yeah, Lonnie comes up this morning and he's like, so this is what we're going to talk about, and I have like an essay written on every film, and I'm like, oh, okay, um, well, I don't even have a list compiled because I didn't know we were doing this uh, until like 10 minutes ago, that's okay. but sure. Well, 
what I've done is put together a list of um, TV shows that I've watched since um, we've been apart and COVID hit because I was in lockdown as well, obviously, not as to the same extent as you, but um, just because we haven't done the pod this year doesn't mean we haven't been watching things. It's been a good way to, to get no, through. No, no, we, we only watch things for the podcast, Lonnie. <laughs> oh, we okay. don't consume any content other than right. for this purpose. And you can only watch things that you brought with you to the space station, so... Exactly, yeah. yeah. We had we had a limit of about 10 DVDs, <laughs> so I've just been watching them on repeat. Oh, that's okay. But you know them pretty well now, don't you? I like this bit. Can we keep this bit going? <laughs> keep it going. It's enjoy- I'm enjoying it. So I've got a list of TV shows and movies that I've watched um, without you. And then there's a few things that we've watched together because we did have see each other at one point this year when borders were open. Should I go first with TV and then... Maybe you can pipe up with some TV stuff. That I mean, you seem prepared, so go for it. Yeah, but don't feel like you can't talk as well. It's not just oh, me. thanks. I okay. <laughs> okay, first of all, I've got I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Have you ever come across this name? So I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. I don't know if I get it. Didn't grab you? I liked the one skit I did like was the one where they were eating the receipt. Yeah. The birthday I gift. did really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but I did watch this and pretty much in one sitting because it's only a few episodes and they're pretty short and sketch comedy is pretty easy to watch because um, if there's if you're not enjoying the one you're watching, there's probably going to be another sketch coming up that's you will like. So I thought it was pretty hilarious and I think it's worthwhile to watch just because there have been so many internet memes and intimate language based off it recently, like um, especially the, the guy in the hot dog suit. A guy in a hot dog van um, crashes into a house. I don't think it's a house. And he's in a jumps out and he's a hot dog suit and everyone's like, you know, run for cover. And then he sort of, it's very clearly that he's the one who's run into the into the house with his car. It's a hot dog car. And he's wearing a hot dog outfit, like a costume. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're trying to work out who did this. <laughs> and people use that when it's clearly someone who's been in the wrong is trying to... um shift the blame mm. so that one's pretty funny there's been a few other memes as well like um that have been part of that so i think that's one you should watch potentially hannibal now have you seen any of hannibal Sine, the tv no, show i have not there's some here i'm going to recommend you watch I'd probably recommend you don't watch hannibal because <laughs> it's quite unsettling well i've seen oh well, you have seen with lambs yeah. and i've seen all three of those yeah okay so maybe you would like it do you want to know how i got through watching them how I was at the coast with my sister, so I accompany, and we watched them in the middle of the day with all the windows open. Okay. And I was able to handle it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Well, this one, I, I watched it at night time. No, no. <laughs> Never watched things like that at night. No, it's very, it's a beautiful show in a lot of ways, the filmmaking and, and the acting and, and the people involved are all top notch, but it's also quite disturbing because of, obviously, it's Hannibal the Cannibal. I enjoyed more of the mystery of the week. Oh my week. god, they rhyme. <laughs> That's a bit weird, isn't it? Is that is that a thing? Are they supposed to have rhymed? In the universe, they do talk about him being like a famous serial killer, and that's his nickname, Hannibal the Cannibal. But oh, okay. I don't know if, if that was. I don't know, like um, some people, they become what they what they're named. Oh, Maybe it's he bloody Mads Mikkelsen, guys. Yeah. Creepy guy. And he does he? like. Mm. On a creepy level, sort of on par with Christoph Waltz, I reckon. You, you couldn't take him seriously if you just no, met him? No, no. no. Oh, Hugh Dance is in it. Oh, I love Hugh. Well, like, maybe give it a shot then, because Hugh is he's terrific. Some people online say him as um, Will in this show, Will Graham, is one of the sexiest men ever. Oh. 
And it's also got Lawrence Fishburne, who is just a really um, solid, dependable character and actor in this in this show. So early on, it's more of mystery of the week sort of things, and Hannibal is um, helping the FBI. Um, mm-hmm. But as you might suspect, things go a bit haywire later on. But I, I kind of enjoy the mystery of the week episodes more than the later, more psychological horror sort of elements. Um, and really, season three it left me a bit troubled watching it. I was like, oh, I don't feel Why? good about this. Well, it's just disturbing some of the stuff that goes on. And the ending is is um well, they were cut basically, and they want to come back and do more. So it's right. not it's not really settled. And it does. There's lots of um without spoiling too much about it. Um, you know how we we listened to that podcast about Sherlock, and lots of the fans became convinced that Sherlock and and John were oh, gay. Yeah, yeah. A bit of that happens in this show. <laughs> Right. With the fandom, and there's a bit of... What was that in? Decodering. Decodering, that's, that's it, yeah. It. Worthwhile listening to that as well. I think you could do very similar things with Hannibal. The next show I've got is Watchmen. Now, you don't, you've seen the movie, haven't you? I showed you the movie, and you weren't a huge fan of that. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, this is a very worthy sequel to the original novel, and I really recommend... Um, Watching Watchmen. You don't have to watch, have know much about the original, but the um, the show, it's one of those things, it's a superhero show, and it's a real mystery show, but it's, you know, really more about more than just kicking and punching and fighting. It's really about race in America and kind of how 2020's played out. Some of the elements of this show, which was made last year, that they seem quite prescient, really. So mm. I really recommend getting around to that. Uh, it's on... HBO, so it's kind of a bit more difficult to watch it down under, but um, don't say down under. Well, You've never said down under before in your life. <laughs> so we can't all be up in space. Sorry. <laughs> so yes, watch. But I don't want to say too much more because it's really one of those ones you have to experience to get it. But um, yes, recommend that. Now, have you ever seen any unsolved mysteries on Netflix? The new, the new show. Nope. Well. We both like BuzzFeed Unsolved, so it's kind of in that territory. However, you know, in BuzzFeed Unsolved, we've got Shane and Ryan being the two wise-cracking larrikins. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not so much that. There isn't that... Um, See, this is why yeah. I don't think this show is going to be for me. Because the reason why I can handle BuzzFeed Unsolved is because of the jokes. Yes. And it makes it, you know, a bit less intense. Exactly. Well, this one... It, an unsolved mystery on Netflix, which is like a reboot of an older show from um, the US. It's not so much that. They actually have the victims or the family members of the, the victims or sometimes one of the episodes they've got people who might be implicated in whatever the mystery is, the murder or the missing person or whatever. So it's a lot more serious and sombre. Um, actually, I found myself falling asleep a few times in the show which is not because of the quality because the quality is great it's very well produced and very slick and but i think it's just very thoughtful and methodical and i'd maybe put it on after a kind of friday night after a long week at work and then i'd just thought some of the like it's very serious and and goodness um, i just just drift off you know the life you lead watching an unsolved murder mystery show on a friday night after a long hard week at work well I'll just keep that in mind if you're going to watch this show. Maybe it's not something that will wake you up with crashes and bangs, that sort of thing. <laughs> Is there any other TV you want to mention? Do you want to have a break it up? Because I've got a few more to go, but maybe I feel like I'm talking a lot and you're just... I'm Nodding. Talking, I'm just talking at you, you know. The biggest thing that I've watched this year, TV-wise, 
mm. was Shit's Creek. Yes, I was going to ask you about this. I haven't now, actually seen any of this, but you. It's phenomenal. Phenom- it's actually incredible. So, Eugene Levy. Yes. Is the dad. We all know Eugene. His son in real life, Dan, um, wrote and produced the show and created the show, basically. And his sister's in it as well. So, it's a little bit of a family family thing. And basically, it's about this rich family, mum, dad, son and daughter, who um, lose all of their belongings and house due to some... I don't know if it's a tax thing or someone did something wrong and they have to go to this small town called Schitt's Creek, which they purchased as a joke years and years ago. Mm. And it's like this small town with this family that are so fish out of water story, basically, so mm-hmm. unsuited to their surroundings. And it's incredible. The episodes are so short, they're like 20 minutes long or whatever. It's a comedy. Oh, it's just It's just so good. It's funny, but it's like sentimental in some bits, but not sort of trite. And there's a particular scene towards the later seasons, which I can't really give away because it's a massive spoiler, but it's probably top three best written scenes in television history for me. Wow. It's incredible. Um, So highly recommend. And then it cleaned up at the Emmys this year. Mm. Won every single award it was nominated for. They got Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting for both, Best Show, Mm-hmm. And rightly so, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. And the other show that I've been watching, which I haven't quite finished yet, is called Kim's Convenience. So Shit's Creek is a Canadian show and I was looking up what to watch after I'd finished that because I was missing it <laughs> mm. quite a bit. And Kim's Convenience got recommended and it's basically a Canadian uh, Asian family from South Korea who mm. run a convenience store. And similarly, they're 20-minute episodes quite light, fun. Um, it doesn't have – it's not as good as Shit's Creek in terms of production value or the writing, but it's a fun little thing to have on in the background. And Mr. Kim is amazing and I would like him to love me forever. Okay. <laughs> that sounds terrific. Okay, so there's like four seasons of that. So Yeah, so I can recommend they're both on Netflix. Okay. 10 out of 10. Terrific. Okay, I'll, I will look into them. I've obviously heard good things about – Shit's Creek, and now it's finished, isn't it? So it's yeah, it's all done. Good as time as any to get into it because you know there's a few seasons, but don't let that like overwhelm mm. you. Because as I said, the episodes are so short, and the writing is so good that it makes you just want to keep watching and watching and watching. Mm. Um, Terrific. So yeah, highly recommend. The next show that I've watched is called Disenchantment, which you probably heard of it. It's the Matt Groening from The Simpsons, and it's his sort of comedic take, cartoon take on the fantasy genre i think okay. probably probably made because of the popularity of game of thrones over the last decade or so um and i don't know if you, you haven't seen much of the simpsons have you or futurama but no. it's, in, it's in that realm so i did see one episode lately the one where homer works for the nuclear war criminal guy oh yeah with um yeah, he gets the new job. Yeah. And he's, like, uh, trying to do his best and doesn't realise he's working for, like, an evil guy. Yeah. Hank Scorpio. That's it, yeah. <laughs> he's one of the best um, one-time characters, yes. <laughs> Which and I you, did really enjoy. You enjoyed that episode? Okay. Yeah. Well, there'll be some more Simpsons later in this episode. <laughs> um, but, yes, it's like Futurama was the sci-fi take um, and Disenchantment is, like, a fantasy sort of take. And it's, um hasn't got overwhelmingly... Um, 
positive reviews. People like it, but they sort of like, oh, you know, it's fine. I really liked it, though. I thought it was terrific. Um, the first season maybe takes a little while to get going, but from then on, I'm I'm all in. And it's, you know, it's just... It's it's fantasy. It's like taking... It's parodying some of the tropes, and she's a princess, but she doesn't want to be a princess. She'd rather go out and be drinking and that sort of thing, right? So it's mm. kind of a takedown on those sort of... Um, story traps we're all familiar with but at the end of the day it's just a bunch of oddballs goofing around which is which is fun there's an elf called elfo who is very innocent but also trying not to be (laughs) anymore um the most important thing that i don't see i think i'm the only one who picks up on this or at least is talking about it is the main character of disenchantment is princess tia beanie or i just call her bean or beanie she looks like a cartoon for bridges i reckon you should look it up right now yeah look it up right now one moment, everybody. Oh, yes. You see it? Yes, I see it. You see it for sure, right? Yeah, definitely. Not so much the buck teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Everything it's, else. Um, it actually reminds me, I don't know why, of... Do you remember The Black Cauldron? That movie when we were kids? Oh, I never actually saw it myself. And it's but... like not Disney. It's like... Mm. Disney style. Disney style. I don't know why I get those vibes from it. Yeah. Definitely see the Futurama yes. animation in it. Yeah, it's but, Phoebe, Phoebe, but without the buck teeth. Yeah, right. Where are we getting that from? The hair? The, the white hair? hair? The, the platinum hair, I guess, yes. Okay. Anyway, worthwhile. It's really, it's a really good show. And like you're saying, the Shits Creek, it's you know, short episodes and they just sort of wash over you. Don't have to think too much like some other shows you might movies be talking mm. about later, so... Um, Arrested Development Season 5 Part 2. <laughs> this <laughs> this actually came out like a year or two ago. I'm not sure when exactly, but I missed it. And I'm like a huge Arrested Development fan, but it sort of sank without a trace, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think because everyone was so annoyed at Season 4. Yeah, so I maintain Season 4 is a work of genius. and Season 4 is good. It's just the majority of people that watch Arrested Development are too dumb to understand long-term jokes. Well, I think that's right. People, if you watched episode day one to five, you would be like, what the hell's going on here? But if you persevered right to the end of that season, it would all come together and make sense. Mm. Um, it, and it rewards repeated and focused viewing, which I don't think people do as much these days. They're watching, mm. you know, with their phone or watching something else at the same time. And they're not really, that's not something you can do with the rest of development. Or you can, but you're not going to, you're going to miss half the jokes yeah. and half the story. So I also feel like the fandom around the rest of development has changed similarly mm. to how the rick and morty fandom has become more of its own thing apart from the show which yes. i don't enjoy and um there was that weird interview that the cast did um a few years ago now where all the blokes were really mean to jessica walters and um mm. they came off really like just like assholes really so it um that wouldn't have helped i think at, in the end they just sort of released it without much fanfare just to get it over and done yeah. with which is a bit of a shame because of it's such a beloved show it started so, out so strong and just mm, ended with it mm-hmm. yeah but anyway this um season is so weird it's very hit and miss but then i think the hits are just as good as any hits of the earlier seasons but i almost liked it because it was so weird it was like some weird very weird bits where like they've clearly cut around this the adr just very oddly spliced in which you would mm. always you always pick up on i don't know why that's my thing it is your thing um it's a shame to see a great show like this sort of end in this way but mm. it doesn't really take away from the earlier seasons i suppose 
Um, and there's also there's some bits in this last part of season five where it's almost like I don't know if you're gonna watch any time soon, but this was the one scene where um, Michael's talking to his mum. And they just sort of almost end the whole show and wrap up all these plot points of them just having a quick conversation. It's like, oh. did something happen here where you've had to rewrite everything? Were they, Was they... the footage corrupted on the day? <laughs> well, uh, maybe like they just couldn't get the actors back or something. I don't know. It's just very weird. And it's almost you'd like want to know the behind the scenes story might be just mm-hmm. as interesting as what we saw on screen. So anyway, season five of Arrested Development happened. <laughs> you wouldn't have seen the boys then. I've not seen The Boys. I've been intrigued by The Boys. Well, I was intrigued as well, and I watched the first season, and then I wasn't so much intrigued <laughs> afterwards, because oh. season two has come out, and I'm like, oh, don't really feel like watching it, to be honest. It just didn't grab me. And it should be something I'm in about, because it's superheroes, and it's like a takedown of superheroes, like they're all assholes, essentially, and the superheroes are corporatized, so they work for a company, and they're much about as much about making the making money and getting their movie deals and getting involved with the military and politics as they are, you know, saving it's people. Funny. It's kind of meta. It is. It is. And um, there's the seven who are like the Justice League, but then you can be promoted to them or you can be, if you get demoted, you can have to go like work in Michigan or something. Like it's it's um very interesting take. And there are some wonderful scenes. And the, overall the show, it's good. It's just... um. I just think what the problem is, every character is shit, right? And that's the point. It's like, you think these guys are heroes, actually, they're shit. And that's like, you know, the underbelly of the American dream and whatever. But, you know, watching a show where everyone's awful is kind of hard sometimes. Um, So I think maybe that's why it didn't grab me. But I do want to watch season two eventually. But Mm, I guess it's that thing where characters don't have to be likable, but they have to be, I don't know. You have to have some empathy for them or want them to yeah. succeed or fail. You have to be invested. Um, just quickly, you mentioned Rick and Morty. Well, season four uh, came out over the last year and I watched it and I really liked it. There is a heist episode. I know you love heists. So I do love a heist. You, you probably enjoy the heist episode. There's a train episode. They're stuck on a train. It's just a big metaphor for storytelling, <laughs> which I appreciated. Um, there's an episode. It's called the Vat of Acid episode which there's a vat of acid in that, so you probably appreciate that as well. As we all know, the things that I like are heists, trains, and checks notes, vats of acid. Well, the one thing you would enjoy most of all, and I know this about you, is the one episode Rick goes to use the bathroom and he's got a special toilet that's in the woods. It's his special like planet that's just got a toilet on it. That's You would do that, wouldn't you, if you could? What, have a whole planet for a toilet? Yeah. Mm, I don't know that I would. You wouldn't want to go to the bathroom in the great outdoors? No. I'd be too worried, like, knowing me, Mm. a bear would come (laughs) and I'm, like, halfway through pooping or something and then I've got to run away and it's just a whole thing. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) I reckon you'd watch, you'd enjoy Rick and Morty, but I understand... It's not your cup of tea normally, and the fandom is obviously hard to get past. So Yeah, I've just never really warmed to adult yeah. animated series. I don't know mm. why. Mm-hmm. It's just never really been mm. something that I've been interested in. Well, fair enough. Speaking of adult animated shows, <laughs> mm. a few years ago we picked up seasons two to four of The Simpsons on DVD for really cheap at an op shop. Um, for some reason during lockdown I felt the urge to you know, start from the start, and so I picked up 
seasons one to five as well. So the two other sides of the ones we already had. And then also want to get, you know, it's all on Disney Plus now, but I'm probably keen to get the first nine seasons on DVD because they're the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I downed season one to three pretty shortly, um, short succession. It's really weird seeing how it starts off because it's so shaky. Um, the animation style is it's very basic at the beginning mm. and now it's, you know, obviously top notch. Um, and just as I was doing this, obviously our good friend, Amelia Tate, <laughs> internet journalist. She said she's our friend. She's not our friend. She's re- she would be. If she were in real life, she would be our she friend. She would be. And we've liked her tweets and responded to her on Twitter and she's liked our tweets back. Yeah, so she's interacted with us, which is very exciting. Right? That's more than some of my friends. So... <laughs> Uh, since she actually wrote an article around the same time I was, I was watching this and she talked about how the show has drifted from, you know, it's changed for the worst from those first few seasons. And this, what she sort of hit upon was that they're a real family and they're real, like the kids are real kids and they have uh, emotions and reactions that are, are realistic to children. You know, ironically, they're not cartoon characters. They're representations of real Americans, you know. I find that interesting because I... The little that I know about it, I'd really disagree. Lisa is in no way a regular child. Oh, in these early seasons I'm talking oh, about, okay, sure. is when it was the best, she is still a little girl who wants to, wants her dad, wants to love her dad. And, you know, mm. Homer is really trying to be a good father and impress the boss and doing all the right things that you do mm. when, you know, when struggling with the American dream. And so when did he turn into a buffoon that everyone laughs at for being fat? Well... A bit later on, there's actually there's some interesting article uh, videos on YouTube about trying to pinpoint the moment the Simpsons lost it. <laughs> I've I've watched a few of them recently, and they are they're interesting because, yeah, at the beginning the show was really it's lampooning the American the perfect American family and showing that you know that's impossible. No one can be perfect, mm. and these people because they love each other that's why they're they're a good family, not because they are, um, do the right thing in every situation. Um, and that's the, really the secret of the show. It's like, yeah, one of the famous images is Bart being strangled by his dad and the kids fighting each other and things like that. But really, they love each other. That's the whole point. And every episode ends with them as a good family who loves each other. Um, and I think the show is a lot more heartfelt than it gets credit for. And maybe, yeah, I haven't watched it in years, so I don't know what it's like at the moment, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. Anyway, if you have to watch one episode of these first couple of seasons, I think you should watch Lisa's Substitute. It's a perfect episode, and it's really, it's really sad at the end, but just wonderful. This is my equal favourite show of the year, so name? Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. The animated show. It is great. Brilliant. You haven't had a chance to watch anybody yet, have you? No, I have not. Well, you're in for a treat when you get around to it. Um... As I mentioned with the boys, well, Harley Quinn is very similar because it's a takedown and lampoon and satirical take on superhero conventions and stories, but, you know, being part of that DC world with actual DC characters. But I think the the difference between this and the boys is that there's actually joy to Harley Quinn Mm -hmm. and there's not much joy in the boys. I think it's a bit more downbeat and dour. But there are some wonderful feminist themes in Harley's show. It really starts off with um, her leaving the Joker and striking out as her own villain. So I responded well to that. And I've always liked her as a character, but after watching this, she's probably my almost my favourite superior character, I think, at least to this representation of her. Mm. Um, do you know these characters at all? Clayface. No. 
Kite man. No. King. What? Kite man? Kite man. <laughs> is King. he a kite or does he just like flying kites? He is a supervillain who flies kites. Good. I love it. I'm here for it. King shark. Have you heard of him? No. He is a shark man. I only knew Clayface before this show. I think I probably heard of Kite Man. But now they're my favourite characters too. And it's just really great representations of them. Um, and also the established characters get a good run. You know, Jim Gordon is... He's depicted as a drunk and... Oh, Jim. <laughs> like the, the Gotham's gone to shit and he's just doing his best, but he can't quite get it all together, you know. And Batgirl is around as well and the Riddler is, is, is really great. Um, the Riddler actually starts a university and that's... <laughs> I don't know. I just quite enjoyed that part of it because of because of uh, I work in university. So <laughs> anyway, um, it was one of those shows that I liked it so much that I almost didn't want to watch it because that meant I had less to watch, you know. Mm. So really, if there's one thing you watch based on this podcast, it should be Harley Quinn. Okay. And something else that we're going to talk about right at the end, but pretty much Harley Quinn. Okay. But mostly Harley Quinn. <laughs> now, I'm going to be on to movies in a second, but do you want to talk about your movies that you watched over your lockdown project? Sure. All right. What did I watch? I kind of thought you might take the lead on this one. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> but Look, you, you really... here's the movie I want to talk about. Okay, all right? okay. Can we do it? Uncut Gems. <laughs> I'm really sorry to say this, but Lonnie apparently has parasites in his brain or <laughs> has sustained a really terrible head injury. Um <laughs> or is currently in a coma and we're all living in a simulation because he loved this film. And just for reference, um, I gave it half a star. I think this is one of the worst films I've ever seen, if not the worst film I've ever seen. I think giving it half a star is probably more disrespectful than giving it no rating. Yeah, I know it is, and that's why I did it, because it's awful. It's Why? horrible. It's a good it's movie. It's so bad. No, it's not a good movie. 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 Everyone's like, oh, Adam Sandler, he's so good. Oh, Adam Sandler, he's like gritty and like a real actor now. No, it's not. It's the most broad performance. He like fake cries like Ben Affleck did in Jersey Girl. But like no tears come out. comes out. He's just like, and nothing's happening. It's terrible. The accent? What? What's with the accent? It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I I can't even. I can't. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I didn't give. I didn't care about him at all. I didn't care when he was like in the boot of the car. Didn't care when he was in debt. Did not give a shit about what he was going through. <laughs> I just. I just don't. I don't know how you like this. 70 characters were, like, speaking at once. I'm just going through my written thing here. <laughs> Couldn't understand a word of what was happening. Uh, There's, like, so much handheld camera work that you can't focus on anything. It makes mm. you feel physically ill. Mm. And then the end. I, what? I hate it. <laughs> I good, vehemently hate it. It's a good movie. It's not a good movie. How is it a good movie? Well... Give me one reason why this is a good movie. <laughs> Can't do it. Well, I'll give you two reasons. First Go up, on. Idina. She was fine. Um, was it Emily Fox? The Julia Fox. Julia Fox, pretty good. She's, but she's really, she's really terrific for a for someone who's a non actor in that yeah, sense. Like she's coming, fine. 
Idina's mm. fine. Here's the thing. They're not good enough to outweigh Adam Sandler being shit. <laughs> you asked for one good reason. I was trying to give you two. But yeah, well, neither of them are enough. correct. Okay. So okay. <laughs> if you can't with a good reason. Well, I think some of the elements he's identified as being annoying or distressing, I think are actually part of the, the mood and the theme of the movie. Everyone's talking over each other and um, the... You don't really if understand. I can't understand what they are saying in the no. film, you can take well, your theme and shove it up your backside. <laughs> no, well, I think it was putting you into the, the space. It wasn't like Tenet, no. which we'll mention and talk about in our next episode, where you can't hear the characters seemingly because Christopher Nolan doesn't understand how sound mixing works. This is the point. You're not supposed to understand it because it's, it's, they're all talking over each other and it's putting you in this frazzled, frantic mindset of the no. characters. No. no? Okay. No. All right. I'm not engaging with this. It's a terrible film. Everyone is wrong. It's awful. <laughs> I got halfway in and I was like, should I stop? And then I'm like, I don't stop movies. I, I keep watching them. And I was like, that is two hours of my life I'm never going to get back. Nah, it's good. <sighs> and... I know you shouldn't judge a movie based on its gifs and its memes, but there are some good gifs and memes that have come out of this movie. You just like the I disagree one. That's all you like. <laughs> I'm sure you sent that to me after I told you I didn't like it. I did. I thought I was pretty clever when I sent yeah, that. Yeah, I knew you did. Yeah. <laughs> There's also when the, the three guys are stuck in the locked section of the jewellery shop. That's pretty funny to send to people if they're, like, waiting on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No? All right. I'm not even engaging with this. No. Okay, well... I want this movie scrubbed from history. <laughs> and I'm no. never watching another Adam Sandler film. Mark my words. I've committed to it. Well, not sh- watching it. I don't like him as an actor. He should have been nominated for Best Actor, I reckon. Get out. <laughs> okay, why don't I talk about a few other movies that I saw this year and then see if you can calm down. I need a moment. <laughs> Okay, well, continuing my Harley Quinn um, theme, I watched Birds of Prey, the live-action film. I saw that with our good friend Erica, and we both enjoyed it. Thought it was really good. Uh, didn't get great, like, box office, but pretty good critical reception. Not really sure why it didn't get... Didn't do that well box office-wise, I think, because it's a girl movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, and that's like all sexist and stuff, that's that's bullshit because it's a great movie. But I think maybe there's been a touch of superhero fatigue as well. Um, 
People I'm a bit, kind of over it. Yeah. So. I mean, we've, we've come, what, 11 years of Marvel. That's all over. Let us have a bit of a break, you know? Yeah, so maybe... Uh, but having many female ones, though, so, you know. Anyway, I really liked it. I think and it's kind of similar ground as the um, as the TV show. TV show obviously has a bit more time and um, space within episodic television to um, explore different topics. But the movie, pretty good. And Ewan McGregor's in it, and he's the villain, and he is awesome. Is he? I didn't know that. I yeah. love Ewan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw this at event cinemas early in the year, I saw The Night of the Hunter, which is a 1950s classic oh, yeah. film. I mentioned this to you, I think. It was banned in Australia when it first came out. Oh, was it really? It was. Mm. It was seen as too too shocking. Well, and because the guy, he pretends to be a preacher as well, mm-hmm. and he's actually a serial killer. And then he's trying to, like, get this money off these kids. It's just really, it's timelessly scary. Mm. Um, I recommend that one. And that was when... Pre-COVID, it seemed like so long ago. Also, pre-COVID, I saw Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, God, how was that? With the bad animation or the good animation? No, they fixed it up. Okay. Yeah, he looks fine. How was Jim Carrey? Was he fine? Jim is actually a bit emotional for me to watch it, to see Jim Carrey back on screen, because I haven't seen him in ages. You know, and he's such a huge part of our childhood films. He's been mm. in so many. And then he's back on screen just being silly again. That was a bit um, nostalgic almost watching him. That's nice. The movie itself, though, is fine. It is what it is. It's James Marsden. He is good. I do love James Marsden. He's right. But he's in a lot of these films where he's like the dad. <laughs> he's the straight the man. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, for a time there, I was a bit worried that this was going to be the last film I saw <laughs> in the cinema, <laughs> potentially forever. But um, actually, I watched um, something else again with our good friend Erica. She's kind of replaced you this year as my movie going partner, to be honest. That's fine. She's better than me in every way, so I understand. (laughs) Well, we saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire, French art house film, and it's all about um, female romantic love, and it's just amazing. Sad, though. Oof. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, but in a good way. I would really recommend you watch this one. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, prepared to be a bit emotionally walloped at the end of it. Um, And I remember watching this... And as opposed to um, Unsolved Mysteries, which made me fall asleep, when I started watching this at the cinema, I was that to me, I think it was in the afternoon. It's nap time, let's face it. And I was a little a touch tired and not falling asleep, but I was just a bit touch tired when the film started. And then there's a sequence early on, which is a bit, a bit exciting. I won't spoil it, but it's a bit exciting. And it actually worked me up. I'm like, wow, movies can really affect you. <laughs> oh, my God. You did not just say that. They can. They can really make you change your whole body, you know. So <laughs> I recommend watching it. If you, if we were, like, more well-known than we are, people would take that screen grab and then tweet about how, like, <laughs> I don't know. But how accurate it is, yes. They would, uh, wouldn't yeah, they? definitely, yeah. Um, I feel like I've probably seen more movies at the cinema this year than you <laughs> because you've been a bit... I have seen two movies this year, <laughs> 1917 oh, yeah. and Tenet. <laughs> yes. Oh, 1917, I have mentioned here, but how good's that? Oh, it was so good. Really great. In any other year, that would have sweeped the Oscars, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have. <laughs> um, I don't like war movies. I'll put that yeah, out there. I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan. But this one had enough filmy sort of interesting things, like how it's mm. um, 
shot in one take or the yeah. sound design's incredible as well and yeah yeah it's it's if you're going to watch one war movie mm-hmm. other than like saving private ryan mm. i'd recommend this this was like heads and shoulders above dunkirk for example yeah dunkirk didn't didn't grab me as i've said before it is yeah somehow it's a bit emotionally distant mm. christopher nolan films at times um but 1917 yeah wow uh, I'll quickly go through a few more because I've got a few movies. Now I want to talk about some stuff we watched together. Uh, the Personal History of David Copperfield. I've written here, Dev Patel is a beautiful soul. Oh, well, that's just true regardless. Of- it is. But is particularly beautiful in this film. Uh, very creative. It's from um, Armando Iannucci. So you we kind of... But it's doing a you know historical novel with Charles Dickens. So... Um, Great mix. Is this the one that I thought was about magic? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but there are some really interesting scenes, and it's, like, ambitious filmmaking, really. I almost wish it had gone a bit further in some ways with some um, yeah, pushing the boundaries of, of film form, but um, recommend it for sure. The New Mutants. <laughs> Do you know much about this film today? No, never heard of it before in my life. It's X-Men. Um it was filmed like three years ago and they kept kept delaying it and then it was finally going to be released this year and then COVID happened (laughs) and it got delayed again anyway it came out eventually so they don't 13th and final installment in the x-men film series yeah no no guys no no we finished it off with the phoenix one that's how we finished it Uh, they ended with the whimper not a bang the x-men's and i really like x-men's people know that about me but um yeah, not this one. So they delayed it and they recut it a few times because they were one of those things. They had a good trailer and people liked the trailer and then they tried to make the film, you know, retroactively about like what the trailer thought sort of was. Yeah. Just, I think trailer cutting companies should be banned. Mm. Shouldn't exist. Totally. And only release them after the film's ready. Yeah. What's that thing? Like the marketing people want to prove that they are doing something and so they try and, yeah change it and take credit for oh, it yeah anyway yes anyway but is this the weird movie i don't think it was really the editing problems it was just really weirdly shot and isolated and they're all like tanya taylor joy yeah and she's she's, she's actually good um and the act the director is did um did the fault in our stars i'm pretty sure so like you know come from quality sort of areas but no just not good um but what is good though is the invisible man and I know you're not particularly horror. Okay. Here's, here's okay. the go, guys. All right. I I think I was watching this, I think it was before lockdown happened, perhaps. And I mm. was looking at the trailer and I was interested in it. Mm. And I couldn't get through the trailer. It was interesting <laughs> up until about two minutes in where she was trying to escape from his house. And I was like, God, this is so cool. And then when it turns out he's like not there, I was like, Come on, guys. Really? <laughs> this is the trailer you're talking about? Yeah, the trailer. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you'd really like it, though, because um, as you would have seen in the, in the trailer... It's not real. <laughs> well, it's... Yeah, it's and sci-fi horror. Well, you'll have to watch the movie to see how he gets okay. invisible. But there are themes of coercive control and domestic violence and... Wow. It's, what a romp. Oh, well, yeah, but... It's not like all the best horror films aren't just about having a scary monster. They're more about other things. And this one is definitely about those, you know, underlying subtle themes. So 
And Elizabeth Moss, she never has a good time in, in her <laughs> film careers. The best time she had was back in when she was the president's daughter, I would have thought, for the most part. Mm. Since then, she's just been sad and getting in trouble on screen. So hopefully one day she can just do a nice rom-com. But isn't she crazy? Isn't she a Scientologist? I think so, yes. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Another Erica special, <laughs> Corpus Christi. It's a Polish film. So we saw it at Palace. Um, and I think you'd like this one as well today. But um, you have to be in the right mood for this sort of movie, I think. Um, ex-con, he finds himself kind of pretending to be a priest in a small town. And then the small town has all these problems he has to try and solve, even though he's not a real priest. Very serious film. Not a romp, really, but um, interesting and thoughtful. So I don't know if you'll ever come across Corpus Christi, but I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Good. Baby done. No, Sunset Boulevard, really good. Um, film noir, classic, sort of there again. Um, so many things make sense now I've seen this film. It's one of those ones I didn't realise it had such a lasting influence over pop culture, but it does. Baby done. I saw this by myself, and I think that's a problem. I should have watched it with Erica, because about two-thirds in, I was enjoying it, so getting to an emotional scene, um, and then the fire alarm went off at the cinema. Oh, God. So, so this happened to us during during Captain America, didn't it? Yeah, Civil uh, Civil War, yeah. Same thing. We had to and leave. And then we asked them, and they're like, oh, you didn't have to leave. And we were like, um, <laughs> you didn't stop the film, and yeah. we couldn't hear anything that was going on. I kind of think, yeah, the same thing here. The film was kept going. I was like, oh, I waited like a minute to see if the alarm would go off, you know, false alarm sort of situation. But no, it just kept going. And then me and the two other girls who were in the cinema, <laughs> all three of us, were like, oh, well, we can't leave. actually watch it now because the alarm's just blaring, so just leave and then... Also, you don't know, if there's a fire, you don't want to stick around. So I just left. I was like, oh, well, they're not going to replay it for me. It's just awful. They should. Well, they did send me a um, voucher, so that's good, I guess, but still. Okay, just quickly. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, which is the... Um, Tom Hanks film where he's playing Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? No. It's good. Very understated. Almost too understated, perhaps, but worth watching. Tom is good. I'm thinking of ending things. You would not enjoy this one. Okay. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman one where it's all weird. Uh, with Charlie... Jesse Plemons, though. Listen, I love Jesse Plemons. Mm. I would never be in a relationship with him because he would murder me in my sleep. Um, well, that's 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 a difference between you and Kirsten Dunst. I just don't know how she does it. Um, imagine going downstairs and finding him just in the kitchen. <laughs> what do you mean? Just imagine that. Imagine it's night time and you've gone down to get a glass of water and you just like round the corner into the kitchen and there's Jesse Plemons. You're dead. Oh, you're dying. You know not, that you're dying. He's an actor. No. He's not Todd. <laughs> he is Todd. He is Todd. Uh. He is also the guy from um, Game Night. Yeah. He, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, the, the funniest thing about I'm thinking of ending things is that I think Jesse, I think it was Jesse, maybe the other actors as well, came up to Charlie Kaufman before, before filming or maybe during filming being like, I'm not really sure what this film's about. <laughs> And then Charlie's like, neither do I. Let's let's work it out together. I'm like, no, you're oh, the director. God's sakes. So that could have just been a director thing being like like pretending to not know so the actors are on no, part of the journey. Like, no. He's a weird guy. 
He's a weird guy. He's, he's um, written a novel, you know, about a film critic. Apparently it's really good, but I don't, weird. You I don't? can't. Okay, <sighs> sorry. Uh, I'm just remembering all of his films and how angry they make me. <laughs> they do make you angry. It yeah. rained frogs. It rained <laughs> frogs. Uh, are you thinking of Magnolia? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but the same same situation. Look, listen. <laughs> it's the same vibe, okay? Yep. Fair enough, comment. <laughs> um, just quickly, I've got a couple more movies, then we can get into some stuff we watched together. Uh, three Identical Strangers. Maybe actually, I think you might have seen this one, no? I haven't seen it. I watched the preview. Mm. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yes, sad, but good. Very good documentary. One of the best I've seen, actually, this year. Uh, good time. So if you love uncut gems, <laughs> you would love this film by the Safdie brothers, which is one they did before uncut gems. So I'm guessing you won't love it. <laughs> I'm choosing not to comment here. Well, Robert Pattinson's in it, and he's really good. Oh, actually, I am keen then. He's like a inept bank robber. I love a heist. You love heists. And it, it isn't... If Uncut Gems is everything dialed up to 11, this is only like a 6. So you might be more on board then. Okay, my last film is one I'm not going to talk about on this podcast, but I'm going to talk about on my other podcast that should be out by the time this goes out. It's called I Miss You Man, the podcast. I do it with my good friend Dylan. What a segue. He made me watch Speed Racer. Yes, he did. So, for more thoughts mm. on that, check check out the podcast. It should be out soon. How was that for everybody? It happened. It and was a thing? That's one. If you didn't like Uncut Gems and you thought that was two hours of your life, you never get back. This one, kind of similar, but interesting in some ways too. Now, I've got a list of shows that we've watched together or separately, but we both watched them. Shall we get started? Yes, we're already like three hours into this podcast. So. <laughs> when you're up, we did our best by the good man, John Green, and watched Looking for Alaska, the um, the TV adaptation. Yes, we did. It was good. It was. I actually think it was a pretty good version of that kind of mm. story. It's very faithful and faithful to the tone as well as the, the plot, I would have thought. Yes. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, if you haven't read it, you probably should. It was his first book, John Green's first book. It's about mm-hmm. a boarding school. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's taken from experiences in his own life when he was at boarding school. Yeah. Um, I think it's difficult because if you're comparing it to The Fault in Our Stars, which was his biggest work, mm. I think you'd be disappointed by this. But mm. I think you and I quite like quieter stories about coming of age or mm. just hang out sort of <laughs> shows. Mm. Yeah, it's You're right. It was very faithful a book. It was very faithful to, I just, yeah, it really did it justice, I think. Um, and it's so good. If you know a bit about the background, he sold the novel, like the rights to the film rights, to the novel quite early in his career, didn't early he? Early on. Yeah. And that sort of set him up, which is it's awesome. But then he never didn't have much control over what happened to it. And, and it was nice. It went through development hell for many years and it sort of, came back to be done by the right people in the end. Yeah, so they released it and it all, all mm. worked out okay, which mm. is good. So um, he was happy with the adaptation and I think that's a good sign. 
<laughs> when the author's yeah. like on board with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I actually think I preferred this show to Paper Towns, for example, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know. I just felt like it, it was more what it should have been. Yeah. One thing I, I find difficult with it, though, is that I think it should have been released years ago. I actually mm. felt it felt a little bit too outdated to be mm. released now. It was mm-hmm. in that weird sort of like purgatory where it wasn't nostalgia like Stranger Things, mm. but then it also wasn't a current reflection of what it's like now. So I felt mm. like it was sort of in this weird middle ground where either it should have been released in like the early 2000s <laughs> and people mm. would have really liked it or we should have waited and done a real retrospective 90s thing in a couple of years. But mm. I don't know. That's a minor complaint. I haven't heard anyone saying that, so ignore me. But I just had that sort of feeling. I feel that. It's also probably different for us because we were teenagers like these characters around this time. And, yeah, it's harder for us to watch it perhaps with those. Yeah, that's true. Like when we're no longer, we no longer have that feeling of Mm. seeing ourselves on screen or what we're Mm. going through on screen because it's been so long ago since Mm. we were in high school because we're old now. We're very old. Um, (laughs) My problem with the with the show, not really a problem, mm. I just find the main guy, what's his name in the... Miles. Miles. He's a bit of a sad sack. Yeah. But I get that. That's the point of the character, that he's being brought alive by these people he's meeting, like the Colonel yeah. and Alaska. But it's kind of like, oh, get yourself together, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How I, much of that is the hair? The hair did a lot of the lifting. It's truly <laughs> awful. Um, but Alaska was great. The Colonel... Spectacular. Yeah. I really like the teacher as well. And yeah. it's the sort of the teacher everyone wants to have, you know, the inspiring, wise mentor. I know that bit was a bit not true to the book. They sort of expanded that character yeah, a yes. little more and that's yeah. fine. That's totally fine. It happens. Mm. You no, know, I think um, overall a terrific adaptation, but it's got all the same um, elements of the book, which is what you want, but also... Those sad elements of the book are going to be sad on screen as well. I just think now that we've had like Booksmart and Ladybird and, oh, and Love, Simon and Mm. things like that, like we've we've got enough of these now for me. I'm kind of done with them. Yeah, we've had a good Um, go. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just felt a bit dated and a bit behind the eight ball Mm. really. Mm. But it was good. I particularly liked the teacher who's played by um, Jonah from (laughs) Veep. It was hard to take him oh, seriously, Jonah. wasn't it? It's just Jonah. You're just waiting for him to start swearing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was good. I, I would recommend watching that. It's on the stand yeah. here in Australia. Uh, Love, Wedding, Repeat is a film we watched just a few weeks we ago. Did. I liked it. And then basic premise is that it's a wedding and a bunch of things go wrong at the wedding. But then there's like... Love Wedding Repeat side of things is a bit like, you know, Edge of Tomorrow where they can do it again, but I'm not really sure how that works in this movie universe. It's like alternate timeline stuff. <laughs> I guess so. I don't really know which one happened in the end. Yes, so... Which I think is intentional and that's fine. And it's Sam Claflin, we should say, and... Mm, Lydia um, Munn. That's it, Sloan from the newsroom. Uh, who will always be Sloan from the newsroom. Who looks like, can we just say, she looks like a goddess in this film. I'm, I'm wondering if... if my positive reaction to the movie is just basically her dress and her. She's phenomenal. <laughs> and I love her so much. It really draws all the attention when she's on screen is just onto her, which is tremendous. The acting was really good in this film. Like mm. you sort of, I sort of was expecting for sort of not a throwaway rom-com, but just yeah. sort of a light fluffy thing that sometimes 
the acting's not great. For example, I watched a movie recently called um, Love Guaranteed and, oh, my God, is it awful. <laughs> it's absolutely horrendous. But everyone in, in this film was great. The girl who played the bride was great. The friends were great. Like, I wasn't really let down by the performances, which was really, I don't know, it was nice. It's had a good, solid quality rom-com. That's right. And it's more than your average rom-com because it's got those alternative um, story elements. Mm. And I think, you know, the, the acting is, is, is the touch better than the average Netflix comedy sort of thing. But um, almost, I think if they were using those elements of having alternative Groundhog Day sort of scenarios, they should have done more of it or clarify the rules or what's going on there. Because it's kind of, yeah. it's almost like you had a good movie and then they had another half hour of this time travelly sort of version. I think it, it came too late in the film. I think mm. we watched like an hour of a film and then this big twist happened and it was too late for the twist to be introduced. Yeah, um, I don't know about you. I was kind of enjoying it, like, without yeah. <laughs> It was fine without it, yeah. But the other thing is they didn't spend too long on each of the different timelines, and I'm kind of like, well, yeah. then why are you showing them to us if you're only going to show us two seconds of them then? Mm. You're clearly not invested in it, so we're not going to mm. be invested in it. But in saying that, it made me feel kind of warm and fuzzy. I feel like mm. I'd put this on, I'd rewatch it. Yeah, for sure. And Sam Claflin is, is always good. So Although he's like 40 years old now. he's got He was giving me Darren Lockyer vibes. Mm. Did you get that? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it though. He's, he's losing his hair a bit, I suppose. I think so. it was the hair. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Darren. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> uh, last dance. Now, you know me. I love basketball. <laughs> You've I never don't. mentioned it before in your life. I don't. Sure. I don't. I don't like it. But now I do watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a few episodes. I, I never ended up finishing it. But oh, in okay. terms of a documentary... Really well put mm. together. Mm. Really is, and it gets you right into that that mindset. And um, what's surprising is they filmed it back in '98 when they were doing this this run to the finals, but then it took them this long to actually make the documentary in the end. Well, there's current footage of current interviews, though. Yeah, what I mean is they just filmed they filmed whatever they filmed back in the day, mm. and then it sort of was in the can for a few years while they worked out what they were going to do with it. And and now, yeah, it probably worked out well being a retrospective because they've had time and distance from the circumstances of what happened. But, yes, he's a fascinating person, Michael Jordan. Mm. Not enough about Space Jam for me. Yeah, I noticed they, they left that out of his career. Um, they mentioned it by Bunny, <laughs> which is a bit of, bit of a shame. <laughs> um, How did that movie succeed? It's so know. weird. It's so bizarre. It is so but weird. it did so well. <laughs> and it's a... Beloved film of my childhood, know. you know. So strange. Anyway, yeah. it wouldn't be a 2020 retrospective about film and TV without talking about Tiger King. Wow. Okay. Here's the thing. Yes. She definitely killed her husband. <laughs> if she didn't kill her husband, she 100% took advantage of the fact that something bad had happened. <laughs> sure. Also, the Tiger King set the fire to the thing because we knew that when he had the mm. hidden microphone with his lawyer. Yeah. Which is terrible that he killed all those animals. Yes. And the it seems like the whole industry is pretty dodgy, the big cat yeah, industry. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. It was a fascinating documentary, though, for me. I, I understand some of the ethical concerns about it. And, you know, they're not good people at all. No. 
But um, I was invested. We'll give them that. Mm. And it, it really, it's been a fascinating sort of Rorschach test almost for people to watch it. And if they're just obsessed with the fact that she killed her husband as the allegation is raised, it's like, yeah, maybe she's a bad person or maybe you can, the show is presenting her like that. But also everyone else is really bad. Is it, why are we focusing oh, on, on the woman, you know? Everyone's awful. And he went to the funeral and made it about himself and did a song. Like, I know. What? And not to mention him preying upon the younger yep. men. and That guy yeah. who wasn't gay but felt like he had to be gay because he know. was with him. And there, there are a couple of people who, who came out of it all right, um, some of the assistant zookeepers. But yeah. I just feel like there's this cultural moment where people have watched this and are getting so many different things out of it. It doesn't always happen that you have something like that where... So there must be something good going on. So I'm trying it really to say. captured the, yeah. the consciousness, didn't it? Yes, for sure. Uh, we've both watched um, BuzzFeed Unsolved True Crime. We love our BuzzFeed boys. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Harry Houdini episode. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So what are what are our theories though? Like well, we have to figure out how what happened. What happened to him? Well. I feel like he just had appendicitis, didn't he? I think he just had appendicitis. <laughs> I think he had appendicitis and he died because yeah. it's the bloody 1930s or 40s, wasn't it? 30s yeah. where they don't have yeah. anti- antibiotics or antiseptic yeah. and he just died of an infection. And he wouldn't go to hospital, so. <sighs> but it's very weird he just <laughs> had someone punch his stomach the day before. Yeah, it's a bit strange. I felt like that one, the mystery wasn't really a mystery, but the, the story about him was, was fascinating. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway. Lot of church. Lot of ch- <laughs> it's a lot of church. A lot of church. Uh, my favourite show of the year, equally with Harley Quinn, is a little show I like to call Barry. Bloody loved it. Bloody loved it. I watched it myself. I loved it so much that when Sine was up briefly, I made sure we watched it before she was able. <laughs> she left, and it was here's a, the thing. Ten out of ten, isn't it? It's a serial killer. Who's in acting school? I mean... <laughs> well, he's a hitman more than a serial killer. Sorry, yes. Show some respect. Back sorry, here. I should. It's so good. The acting school stuff was so triggering. <laughs> I bet it was, yeah. Well, it was uh, triggering for me. I didn't even go to acting school, but I just know, like, secondhand from you and other all people. All the stories I've... that I come back with about these people. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> what a time. Can we talk about a favourite character? Yes, we can. 50-50 with Christopher. <laughs> no, Hank. He is the best. He is, He's incredible. He's one of those rare actors who can make, it gives every line an extra 15%. Even if it's funny, him saying it makes it even funnier. He just... And if it's not funny... His line readings. His yeah. line readings are so on point every single time. He's so funny. I just... He's incredible. And I don't know about how you experienced it. Watching those first few episodes, you're like, okay, so there's this one guy... Why is he here? Why is he being annoying? I don't really understand why this character is getting so much play. By the end of it, you're like, I yeah. would die for him. I need more. <laughs> Forget about Barry and his stuff. Oh, I don't care about Barry. <laughs> um, I, I really love Sally as well. She Yeah, she was really great. And that, that one monologue that towards the end of season two. Yeah. It's beautiful writing, isn't it? Yeah. And I've got a newfound respect for Bill Hader. I never realized I loved him, yeah. but I do. Because he's, he's acting, obviously, in this. He's Barry, and he's writing and directing a lot of it as well. So It's really, really great. It's kind of a sardonic sort of, I don't know, like a little bit of gore, but it's sort of funny. Mm. Mm. 
Um, the, it's an interesting tone for a show to have. It is, and, and there are some really emotional moments. I'm, I don't want to spoil anything because I want you to watch this, listener, but um, there are some heavy emotional moments, but that's balanced so well with the lighter moments. I don't know moments. how he walks this line yeah. so well, but it, it just works. Right. Apart from one episode which mm. feels like it was written by something, someone entirely separate for a different show. You'll understand when you watch which episode we're talking about. But there's no weak link, is there, in the cast? No. Fuchs, our boy Stephen Root. How could I forget one of those guys that you've seen in, in everything for years and years and all of a sudden he's on the show and is absolutely amazing. And you hate him, but you understand why Barry is involved with him. I him so much. Oh, my God. And but he loves Barry also, but also he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy, guys. But what about Gene Cousineau, oh, Henry Jean. Winkler? <laughs> oh, Jean. he couldn't be better, could he? He he's just so great. He's like every acting teacher that I've come across and that Literally, he, he had put together, right? <laughs> all of them together. I found myself saying, "Take a tight fifteen or a loose fifteen <laughs> in my life now. <laughs> Take a tight fifteen. Yeah, and. There's, there is one scene I'll spoil, okay, because it was so emotional and it wasn't even a big moment. I don't even know why they would have included it. Like, it's not something you would have to include, but he's an acting teacher. He's got this private acting school and he's had a career in Hollywood, but obviously, given that he's in his 70s or 60s and he's acting, he's an acting teacher, he's not been as successful as he might have liked. And he goes for an audition and we just see him do his two takes of this audition yeah. And it's just, what's the, the character is like man standing in line and he's got one or two yeah. lines and he does it and he gives his best and he just knocks it out of the park because obviously Henry Winkler is a terrific actor. Mm-hmm. But it's so heartbreaking, isn't it? You feel for him so much. Yeah. I think that scene really captured what it's like to be a working yeah. actor. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And put all your work into doing a script and then you go in and you do two lines and they're like, thanks, see you later. Thank you. Yep. And like, oh, okay. And... <laughs> You know, he's still doing it. And it's it's beautiful because he's still trying. He's still pursuing his dreams and acting, but also heartbreaking that he obviously knows so much and he is talented in some ways, but that's what, what, what he's doing with his life. Mm. And oh, I could talk about everything about this show. I loved it so much. Seeing from the rooftop since I saw it. And it's one that's it's under the radar. Like, people know about it and they like it, but... I haven't heard much discourse mm, about it. Yeah, so... It's literally one when the next season is released. I think they got obviously got delayed this year, with it, along with everything else. That I'll I'll get HBO Max or whatever it is down here to um watch it as it comes out because it's so yeah. good. Upcoming episodes, we've got two coming up. The first one is about Tenant, and I feel like that might be just as long as this podcast <laughs> trying to unpack what happened. Um, and then after that, we're going to look at Auntie Donna, the big old house of fun, which. I didn't mention it here because I want to talk about that in great detail because that was a terrific show as well. Well, thank you very much for listening once more. We're back, baby. We're back bigger and stronger than ever. Um, except for the fact that new movies aren't being released in Melbourne until Boxing Day, so I don't know how I'm going to see new films, but like that's totally fine and we'll figure something out. Hey, thanks, bye. Mm. Oh, yes, we've said that, <laughs> haven't we? Mm. Also, the commute from the space station to Melbourne is pretty far, isn't it? So. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening. Tell all your friends that we're back in business. Uh, and we can't wait to get back to you next week with our review of Tenet. Or Tenet. Oh. Or Tenet. Tenet. Ten. Tenet. 
I think the T's are silent. In? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.